Hey everybody, welcome to That Will Never Work. This week, my guest in the show is Cooper Lichen. He's the founder of a company called SoBet, a new peer-to-peer sports betting and social media platform that aims to target the elusive Gen Z consumer. Cooper's a West Point grad. He was a fire support officer on the Army, and he left the military last November to go full-time on turning SoBet into a business. But of all the pitches for investment that come into my inbox, I've got to be honest, this is the type I get sent the most. So how do you differentiate yourself in a crowded field? Is reducing the juice and onboarding influencers enough to get this off the ground? That's what we're going to explore today. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. Cooper, welcome to That Will Never Work. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. So, so happy to be on this with you. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and also a huge fan of Netflix. So thanks for inventing that. Also, I've spent a lot of time on Netflix. So. Well, I'm delighted I can help you find a way to spend more time sitting in front of a screen than you already do. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, tell me about SoBet. So you have been betting for a while and you, let me guess, figured there's got to be a better way. Am I right? That's kind of how it all started. Yeah. And um, are, are you pretty familiar with the betting world, sports betting world, how it works? At the most simplistic level. So I'm going to say no. I think I probably placed a bet through a platform twice in my life and I lost both times. So just at the base level, what we're trying to do is eliminate the rake from Vegas or like the juice or the squeeze as they call it. And I can kind of walk it back from there. But what happens in in sports betting is when you have two teams uh, playing against each other, they're always they're obviously not created equal, right? So Vegas does what what we call is uh, creating a spread for that game, and essentially what they do is they handicap it down to create even odds for betters, so you can get fifty fifty odds on a game. For example, if the Patriots are playing the Buccaneers, those teams aren't created equal, right? Buccaneers have Tom Brady; he's a legend. They're going to be favored by let's say seven points. So in order for you to get 50-50 odds, you're betting that the Buccaneers are going to win by seven or more points. But at the core base of it, it's not really 50-50 odds because what Vegas does is they they base those odds around $100. And in order for you to win $100, you have to risk 110 So that $10 is essentially what the rake is that you lose as an extra like transaction fee, essentially, every time you bet to win $100 on 50-50 odds. And that's what we're trying to eliminate, essentially. So in other words, you plan to do a service where you let everyone bet for free. Correct. Well, I guess, how, what's the business model then? So the business model is built around leveraging peer-to-peer infrastructure that obviously exists today with blockchain, crypto, etc. But first, we want to keep that cash flow peer-to-peer because that's what betting is built around today. And it's built around cash. So, so I kind of think crypto is a little bit ahead of the betting market. So we want to keep that cash flow peer-to-peer. So if you and I are betting against each other, Mark, that that transaction is just going to be between us. And there's a lot of uh, financial companies out there, software providers that have limited that transaction fee and made it pretty much negligible in the realm of five, seven cents. So we're we're kind of gambling ourselves and saying that if 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 Mark is putting two hundred dollars into his sports betting account, he probably won't care about a five cent transaction fee. And then our our revenue model is built around pairing that 
with essentially content and, and content geared towards the next generation. Um, cause that's really the population that we're going after here is, is your next generation of casual sports bettors. We're not going after your guys who are, who are your sharks in Vegas who are betting, you know, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars every year. We're going after those casual sports bettors who are betting those straight bets, like I described and losing money because Vegas is taking the rate as, as a transaction fee for lack of a better term. So I understand. So that makes sense. So what does Vegas deliver? for that 10% surcharge? Essentially, you know, a premium betting experience and a legal one at that. And that's kind of what the basis of their business model is built around is that it's a monopoly. You know, they're in all the states that have legalized sports betting. They're in with uh, lobbyists. They have the legal teams on board. So, so that's why they're able to do that. And so there are, of course, online betting companies. Correct. And do they charge 10% of each, uh, take 10% of every bet? We're just talking straight bets, what they consider 50-50 odds. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an industry standard. Wow. Well, it does certainly seem usurious to do that for nothing more than what the privilege of connecting. I guess they're not connecting two people. You are literally betting with the house in, the, in those circumstances? Exactly. And they're just trying to make sure by adjusting the odds that they always have an equal weight on either side of the ledger. Is that, is that right? Not necessarily. It depends on a lot of factors, the amount of bets coming in, the amount of money being placed on those teams. So they kind of try to balance it between those two and what their analytics are giving them. But in other words, for example, let's say they set the spread at seven, like you said. Yep. And let's say they get 100 times more people taking the bucks. Essentially, then, in fact, if the Buccaneers win, that money has to come from them. Is that correct? Or are they trying to always make it so they have an equal number of wins versus losses so that they break even on paying out the bets and just keep the 10%? Yeah, you're, you're right. They're, they're trying to make it even, but they're going to move that line as they see fit. So if you have 100 times more people betting on the bucks, it's going to depend on where the money's coming from, too, because the money can be on the other side. So just because you have 100 times more people betting on the bucks, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to move that line in favor of the public. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a delicate line. But at the end of the day, you're right. They are trying to weigh those risks and essentially hedge it so they're coming out on top every time. Well, more, I was just trying to make the point or understand that, in fact, they don't really take any risk on the outcome of the bet. They win Either way, because they've spread, they've spread it to both sides, whether it's public and however. Okay, I get the idea. So here's the big question. Do you think this idea is new? Um, I don't think it's new. I think the, the approach that we're taking is new. So let's parse it apart. I heard a couple of things. I heard peer-to-peer. -peer, Correct. Uh, and I heard paired with content. And I heard that this generation wants. Correct. Is there an additional approach that I'm missing that separates you from what's been done before? Peer-to-peer -peer kind of implies that we're giving people that choice no matter what. I think our vision is kind of bigger than that. And our vision kind of intersects with what sports books do already, but just trying to do it as efficiently without taking a rate. So cheaper might be another uh, yeah. differentiator. 
Yep. Okay. Well, let's 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 break them apart a little bit. And re- I'm doing this on purpose. I'm I'm kind of beyond now my little Marx education thing, and I'm trying to uh, make a point. Maybe we'll see how it comes out. Listen, I'm 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 always a risk taker. Um, so let's take them individually, peer to peer. Is that a big innovation that no one has thought of or tried before in betting? I don't think it's too big of an innovation. It's one of those things that logically makes sense. Um, and there's a couple companies that have tried it. There's a couple startups in the U.S. right now who are trying to crack it. Um, and, and you've seen it have success in certain markets, like the U.K. especially. But it hasn't taken off as, as much as other markets as it has in the U.S. Okay, so got the peer-to-peer. The other one was paired with content. Do you think that's a new idea? It's relatively new because that's really driving our, um, our revenue. So other people have not thought of that before? of doing betting, which is paired with intense content? That concept's the same. I think our, our business model structure is, is different, though. I think that's where we differentiate ourselves. All right, we'll come back to that. Um, a betting app, I'll call it that, targeted at Gen Z? Correct. Is that, no one's thought of that before? You're starting to see more startups um, pop up, and, and obviously the big dogs are trying to crack the code, too. Um, but the customer acquisition cost is is pretty astronomical right now for Gen Z. You see where I'm going with this, which is, yeah, uh, I speak from some experience in that I'm fortunate, and I he, not not sure how fortunate I am. You would not believe the people who come crawling out of the woodwork looking for funding, looking for advice, looking for something. So I get unbelievable inbound, and I've probably gotten a dozen, maybe, maybe 15 companies who all promise to have revolutionized betting, mm-hmm. who go, this is, I mean, I could, I could replay them and just swap an avatar for Coupar in, and it would be pretty similar. <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. I'm going, you've done the thing, which is a great entrepreneur does, is you see a big problem. Mm-hmm. You go, this is ridiculous. 10%? For just taking bets, which you're just laying off against the other side, you're not taking any risk. I mean, what? Your big bookmakers? No, you're just basically going, holy shit! I said seven, but everyone's betting on on three. I got to shift them. In other words, you're going. This is ridiculous that someone's willing to pay charge this much money for a service. So you're doing the exact right thing as an entrepreneur as you're jumping in and going, wait a minute, there's got to be a better way. Love that, but. First thing is recognizing always I'm probably, a but. Oh, it's always a but. The, you're, you're probably not the first person to have recognized that flaw. Yeah. Every, <laughs> I was going to use the word punter, and I go, I'm going to sound like I'm out, out of like an 1890s Elizabethan musical. Every better uh, has probably gone, this is ridiculous, there's got to be a better way. And so I've certainly heard a lot of people say that. And I've heard a lot of people say, why do we need Vegas? Let's just connect two people and let them bet each other. I've heard that idea a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a bunch of companies which are saying, no, Vegas doesn't get it. They're all about, you know, smoke-filled rooms and football games and horse racing and esports is where it's at. Or it's betting on how many times uh, Simon Cowell's going to rip him a new one on, you know, there's a million, infinite things we can bet on, and people don't get... They, they, so I've heard those ideas um, before. I mean, I haven't heard the content, because I thought that was self-evident, that almost every betting app comes with content about 
the sports that are being betted on, but I'm, I'm willing to accept this. So in other words, I'm saying all these things is that I'm kind of looking for what's the novel approach? Because to quote, was it George Santayana, I guess it is, not Carlos Santana, who said, those who can't remember the past are condemned to repeat it. And nowhere is that truer than in startup land. Yeah. Meaning you've got to back yourself up. And I know we're, I'm taking you back. You're already a year into this. So I'm saying things that I probably could have said to you at the very beginning. But if you don't stop yourself and go, okay, I see there's a flaw here. And ask yourself, honestly, am I really the first person who's thought of these things? And don't ask yourself the big, big question, which is, why doesn't this exist already? And if you don't understand that, well, you're going to find out why it doesn't exist already after you've spent a year and after you've spent your, what was it, half a million dollars you've raised? A hundred thousand dollars you've raised? I can't remember. Yep, a hundred thousand of it. So you're going to find those things out after you've spent the hundred thousand dollars and after you spent a year working on it. And I'm just saying that whenever you're working on something which strikes you as being not particularly novel, really, really dangerous. Not saying don't do it, but man, you would better be wide open because if you don't know in advance why the peer-to-peer companies are struggling, why out of the 671 people that I know about alone who have tried to get a peer-to-peer idea to work and it hasn't worked, if you don't know why it hasn't worked and why it's so difficult, you're going to find out and you don't want to do that. You want to make an end run about it. Now, the difference would be if you had said something like, Yes, Mark, that's all been tried, but something new has happened, which has completely unlocked this category. The reason it didn't work was because there wasn't crypto or there wasn't blockchain or there wasn't holographic, uh, I don't know what the hell it is. But in other words, if there was some new piece of technology or some new business model or something which unlocked it all, then I go, okay, this is interesting. I love the idea of peer-to-peer. It's so intuitively right. I love the idea of deep content. I love the idea of cutting, of dropping the price from $10 per $100 bet to $0.05 to $100 bet. But those are not, oh my God, Cooper, you are a genius. They've been thought about before. And what your job is not to say, here's the idea. Yours, the idea is to say, yeah, I know it's kind of obvious, but here's why none of that has worked before. And here's why this approach is different. And I haven't really given you the chance to lay into me about that. And, and I'd love to hear if there is one, but that's such an important thing for anybody is, you know, I'm the big believer that no one knows anything, that no one knows a good idea from a bad idea, that you should not listen to the experts. But I don't mean you don't listen to the experts. I mean, you don't necessarily blindly do what they do, but you listen really carefully and you go, what are the objections they have? How valid are those objections? Okay, okay, I've got that one, got that one, got that one, got one. I have not heard anyone who objects to this piece of it, which is my real secret sauce. Am I crazy, Cooper? No, you're not. And um, you make some really good points. And I think um, what you just described was the journey of my first eight months, right? Like I was, <laughs> I was doing this thing and I was like, hey, like, how are we going to be different? Because I kind of put the North Star metric on the wall of my team and said, you know, we, we're going to be the sports betting company that saves sports bettors money. That's going to be how we're different. Because when you, think of a, when you think of a sports book, you think of them wanting to take your money, the transaction fee, the, the creating addictive gamblers, et cetera. 
but we put that on the wall and nothing really changed. Right. And that's when we started modeling out how we were going to pair it up with our content for, you know, to appeal to the next generation. And what we've done there is we've created a subscription model that leverages social media influencers geared specifically towards the next generation. And that's kind of what, what sets us apart is that in that model, we're almost building, we're building media is what we're building. Um, and we're taking personalities and influencers that have massive followings and putting them under one umbrella. And I think you've seen that before in companies such as Barstool Sports um, and other companies. But when you're able to do that and leverage followings that already exist and personalities that target an entire generation, and oh, by the way, you're saving them money, that's when I think it becomes a special sauce that you're talking about, Mark. So in other words, it's something like Playbook, but actually for running, doing sports betting. I, I think that is an interesting perspective. But one of the things that I would be doing, and it's not too late to do this, is before you go, here you go, more, here's Mark, something like a real betting pro. Before you go all in on this, you want to be probing and figuring out ways to validate whether or not this, in fact, is something which is going to immediately resonate. And have you done that? Do you have these initial trials with either influencers or with uh, customers who you'll see will resonate with that? Yeah, so we have six agreements already in place with a following totaling over 90K. So they're they're all about it because right now they're struggling to, you know, and I don't want to I don't want to bash influencers out there. I think they're doing a great job, but at the end of the day, social media is pretty chaotic and not everybody's going to be the next Jake Paul, right? He's he's kind of one off that that had millions and millions of followers and is achieving massive success. But social media is so chaotic, it's tough to replicate that over and over and over again for these influencers. So what we're doing is trying to find a channel where they can monetize that content you know, without having to gain millions and millions of followers. Um, and it really resonates with them because it, it strikes home. Because once you pair up with and you build a strong team like that, like I said, you're building media. You're not just building an influencer model. No, I totally understand. So I guess my, my sense here is you need to have this focused pretty clearly on something. And in some ways, I would say that your business, pardon me for phrasing it this way, is maybe perhaps not even a sports betting disruptor, but it's really basically if, if it comes down to being an influencer monetization channel that uses sports betting to do so. But again, this, you've probably played out the economics. And in fact, you think this works, that in other words, someone can drive enough transactional betting at these 50 basis point commissions to actually be economically viable. Correct. Well, interesting. Well, I think that's, I mean, I, I like that perspective. And so the, the, the tests you run with your six influencers, you've signed them up or you've actually started going already? Uh, we haven't started going already. We have agreements in place. Um, what we're trying to do right now is basically fundraise to hire two lead engineers, bring the dev team in-house, um, build this thing out with them right there along uh, the development process to give feedback, refine the app, and then we want to launch it by April. So one more question, maybe not one more question, one more direction for this. So what we've spoken about so far is my big belief in the, uh, the Santayana principle. <laughs> Basically, you'd better understand everything that's been tried and hasn't worked before you think you're going to conquer the world. Mm -hmm. There's a second one. Um, in essence, you're building a form of social network. Would you agree with that? Yes. I agree with that. 
this only works. In other words, if I come to your site looking to bet on the Bucks, it only works if you have someone else willing to bet against them. Correct? Correct. At, on, on the surface level, I think eventually we want to get to the point where it's just matching people up in the general vicinity of certain dollar amounts, certain odds, that sort of thing. But I think, yeah, correct on the surface level. Like a social network, you need some critical mass for that to be effective. Yes. Right. Ding, 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 ding. Alarm bells going off. There's a classic another trap that I'm going to warn you about falling into, which is the this is the next generation social media app. And I know you're not saying it's a social media app, but I'm saying it has aspects of it and that it requires scale to function. Because someone's going to come to your site and if and they, they want to place a bet on the curling team at the Olympics. And if there's not someone else who's on the other side of that bet, either you've got to accept the bet risk, which in my opinion is probably going to be unacceptable at a 50 basis point commission. We'll come back to that model in a minute. Okay. So if you don't have an, someone there, uh, they go away. And the same on the other side. In other words, this is one of those classic ideas where you go, just imagine when there's a million people, and yeah, if there's a million people, it's going to be unbelievable. You're right. I can be betting on uh, what the next commercial is going to be at the Super Bowl. I can bet on anything because there's always someone willing to bet the other side. It's like the classic, the almost this classic movie definition of the compulsive gambler. They're always the person who goes, well, I'll bet you the next person who walks through that door is carrying a briefcase. I'm on that bet. Um, it'd be wonderful to have this thing where you could really bet on anything. Sports, but then expanding. Yes, great vision. But now here's the lesson about the rule of social networks. is almost impossible unless there's individual utility. That the key to getting to a point where you have hundreds of thousands of satisfied users, enough so that anytime someone comes, there is someone on the other side or in a social media. No one wants to post content if there's no one to view it. No one wants to come view it if no one's posting it. So what you have to have is a method or a system where you have individual utility, where it works at very, very low numbers. Now, I'm going to use an analogy I've never used before because it's the most ridiculous analogy ever. I have this old antique Caterpillar tractor, and it was designed, it's antique. And so back then, they did not have really highly refined fuel. And they used diesel, but it was dirty diesel, and it was such crappy fuel, it was almost impossible to start. But it ran, it ran cheaply. And so what they did is they had this second tank attached to the tractor, which had gasoline in it, which was really expensive back then, but a, only a half a gallon of it. And you'd use the half a gallon of expensive fuel to start, and then you'd turn a switch once we were warmed up, and you'd convert over to your cheaper diesel. It's like a nuclear reactor has kind of that same thing. You need to get it started, and then you, it runs. Social networks are the same. You've got to figure out some way to get this network effect going. And one way is either individual utility. Well, there's no other way. It's individual utility or massive marketing. But basically, figuring out some reason it's useful to a single person or a small group of people. And that's basically done a different way, which is either you do what you said or what your smirk suggested you were thinking about, which is at the beginning, you take any bet which means you're going to lose a lot of money. 
But that's fine. That is, your purpose isn't to make book. Your purpose is to get people to come by being able to say, we'll bet on every team, every game, every weekend. Even though you can't necessarily match up and pass off or spread or whatever it is you do to take both sides of the, um, of the bet. But in other words, I would caution you about making sure you're thinking at the small scale rather than just imagining how cool it is at the big scale. No, yeah, we definitely are, Mark, and I appreciate that advice too. Um, and I think that's that's really what we're trying to do is 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 use that high price fuel with our content model, hit the critical mass, like you're saying, and then provide uh, individual utility through the acceptance of any and all bets to a certain amount, because we're really targeting the casual sports better, the next generation sports better. Like I said, not the guy who's going in with $1,000 in his pocket, the guy who's been 10, 20, $30 a weekend, which is actually the majority of bettors out there, so. Well, Cooper, I'm conflicted. I'm inherently an optimistic guy. I really want to see how everything is gonna work spectacularly, but I'm concerned. And so on this session, we probably did not even get to the topics that you specifically <laughs> wanted to ask me about. And for that, I'm sorry. But I hope some of the things that I spoke about resonated at least slightly. And even if you don't change one iota of your strategy, hopefully at least go back and begin to think about, am I walking into a trap? In other words, something's tried this already and it hasn't worked and I don't know why. I'm going to find out for myself. And is my strategy for addressing the fact that I need to have some reason for people to come when there's no one else there is going to be effective enough. Got it. I mean, it's great advice. So I appreciate it, Mark. And thanks for having me on. Well, I will confess to you is I was laying in wait. I have a sense I know what Cooper wants to ask about, but I'm not really going to talk about that because I got something else I want to <laughs> talk about. But the, the, at the other hand, you know, listen, you, uh, to the degree that you may have suffered for half an hour, you actually were sacrificing yourself on behalf on the other 17,200 entrepreneurs who are one year earlier than you. And hopefully this advice will resonate more deeply with them about, oh my gosh, I got to be careful what I do since I'm thinking about doing something which has a social component. And I'm thinking about disrupting a category which has been sitting there unchanged for 171 years. So these are good things. I hope they help you and I hope they help everybody else. And here's the thing, Cooper, there's nothing that I like better than someone proving me wrong, especially when I'm a little nervous about something working out. So <laughs> for God's sake, I'll tell you what, we'll go even odds, we'll go 10 bucks that uh, you achieve some success and you can define it any way you want. You get some traction you win. All right, I'll send you. You come back crawling with your tail between your legs going, here you were right, none of this worked. You owe me 10 bucks, how about that? I might not have the $10 if I come back that looking that shaggy, so. <laughs> so oh, I get to close with yet one more of my, basically everything I've learned about gambling comes from watching guys and dolls. So I'll tell you what, Cooper, I'll take your marker. <laughs> <laughs> and Ozark. Ozark got some good stuff. <laughs> Cooper, thanks for coming with me on, uh, on That Will Never Work. You've been a great guest, and I really do wish you the best of luck. And let's check in again in the future and hear how things are going. Okay. Thanks for the advice, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, that's all for today. And you know, I hate to admit it, but I kind of hope I lose that bet with Cooper. 
But most importantly, I hope that he recognizes those two important principles. First, as George Santayana said, if you cannot remember the past, you are condemned to repeat it. And if you're building something that requires some type of large social participation, make sure you focus on individual utility. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe so you don't miss a single weekly episode. If you've got a business problem you're struggling with and would like to join me on the show, simply come to markrandolph.com forward slash guest to apply. And while you're there, add yourself to my mailing list so you're up to date on all my news and entrepreneurial tips. And finally, if a 30-minute podcast is just too much, I share all my hints and tips in more easily digestible nuggets on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and yes, even TikTok. You'll find links to all this stuff, plus my blogs and other writing on markrandolph.com. Check it out. Thanks again for listening and see you all next week. Hilton Media Group.